when I was approximately 16 years old, one night at the, at the dinner table with the family. At 16 years old, this is the time when you discuss with your parents about your, your, your future studies. Where do you want to study? What do you want to study? And therefore, as I'm the Tuilene, as the I'm eldest the, in the, the eldest in the family, uh, I was the first one to which the question was asked, do you want to take over the estate? And at the time, seated in the kitchen, after having lived for already what, what I consider at the time an eternity, from zero to 16, on the estate, I expected nothing else than just to go away. Go away to explore the world, go away to live in other cities, other countries. Welcome to This is 40. I'm Reds. I turned 40 recently, as did my co-host and friend Alexia. We're both entrepreneurs living in Paris, and we were a little overwhelmed with it all, to be honest. We thought, what if we could tap into the wisdom, the humor, the fears, resilience, and the beauty of all of the 40-year-olds we knew? Wouldn't that be something? And that's how This Is 40 was born. A show where we talk to some of the most fun, brilliant, resilient, creative people in our everyday lives who made a decisive change in their way of living, thinking and being in the world for the better mostly as they hit their 40th. I'm Alexia and I'm Reds and we are your hosts. Join us and listen to our guests as they open up their hearts to share their experience of turning 40 and the gift it brought them. And we ask you, what is 40 to you? Welcome back to the podcast, friends. I'm Alexia, your co-host, and it is a pleasure, as always, to be here with you all today. I hope that wherever you are tuning in to from, you're having a fine day. As we sit here in Paris today and record this episode, Maurice is sitting in her flat where she's built a pretty cool podcasting studio. It kind of looks like a pod in a cupboard, but trust me, it's awesome. And I wish I had the same thing here at my home. Well, I've actually managed to go to a quieter flat than mine, just across the street. It's owned by friends of ours who've left to the countryside for the confinement for health reasons. And I'm so grateful that they gave me the keys because I get to use this beautiful, quiet place over and over again. So thanks for that. Ah, podcasting in times of COVID, nothing like it, right? Anyway, the sun is beautiful outside today and it is so, so very tempting to go out for a walk alongside the river with our friends and family. But you know what? There'll be better days out. Let's just make this time about, about staying safe and exploring the many facets of that surprising gem that is our 40s. So tell me, can you relate to the following? You have a pretty spectacular career in a highly respectable field that gets you onto stages across the world, but somehow... You're torn and you keep wanting to go back to your roots and jumpstart your multi-generational family business. I think a lot of us can absolutely relate to this pool, you know, the pool between pursuing a very high-level career and going back to something simpler, 
but not necessarily easier. Something where you're going to connect with your family roots and pass along an heritage. So how do you make that transition happen when it's a business that's set deep in the countryside, you know, the French countryside at that, and where you'd be working alongside your mother and your little brother, and you'd be working out of your grandma's basement. What am I talking about? I'm talking about growing vines and making wine the organic way. That's right. Our guest today is Baptiste. Baptiste Carrière-Pradal from the Languedoc-based wine estate Carrière-Pradal. Running a family business was definitely not something on his map and he was growing up and wanted nothing more but to move as far as he could from his hometown and family estate in the Languedoc to go and explore the world. After 18 years of touring the globe for a high-level and demanding career in environmental and human rights management in the fashion and sports industry, Baptiste decided to take over his family wine estate in France together with his little brother Clément. So we wanted to have Baptiste come on the show here today to share his story with you. Uh, the story about how he found solace in embracing his family heritage as he got closer to his 40s, uh, but also on how he designed his life to fit all the many aspects of it, and also how he injected his own touch to the business and built it out from there. Ready? Let's get to it. Well, hello and welcome to This is 40. So, Baptiste, how are you and how's life in the French vineyard these days? Good morning, both of you. And uh, thanks for having me on this uh, podcast. Really, uh, really appreciating that. Life on the French vineyard is definitely um, very exciting. Happily, in the French vineyard, virtually, you don't really see the quarantine because you cannot put the plants on quarantine and you still have to, uh, the nature is still unfolding and developing its life. So it's a perfect place to be staying during this time. So this year, today, the life in the French vineyards, we are definitely concentrating on preparing for the... Now it's springtime, the wines are burgeoning, so it's one of the most exciting times technically uh, when you are on the vineyards where every morning when you do your little walks in the vineyard, you can see this burgeoning life, you can see the burgeoning of the vines and therefore that's always an exciting time when you see this future harvest in such um, in those very small grapes which are starting to emerge out of the vines. So uh, technically the estate is in southern France in Languedoc just between Montpellier and Pézenas virtually nestled between uh, the Mediterranean Sea and, and the mountain. It's the estate that uh, my family has been on for now um, seven generations and uh, upon which we've been making a wine and grapes for uh, a very long time. So therefore, this is a very exciting place to be. And at the same time, it's uh, the place where I was at the beginning of the confinement. And uh, this is a place where I'm sharing my time now between southern France and Amsterdam, where, I also, uh, where I'm also living. So Baptiste, tell us, because on, on paper, it just looks like you had it all. You lived all over the world in exciting, beautiful places. Your career was on fire. You were meeting amazing people everywhere. Why and and why and when on earth did you choose to chant it all and, you know, to come back and be the, the fils prodigue, the, the prodigal <laughs> son on the vineyard? Tell us about that. Yeah, it's, a, it's technically a very, very long process. 
when I was reflecting about that, I, I remember that and also a bit in the connection with why I made the move and why I decided to suddenly make a, make a shift. I realized that in the current life, when I was indeed exactly as you were mentioning, having this very exciting life, traveling a lot, spending a lot of time in transit, going from cities to cities and very excited about that, I was thinking that I was a bit addicted, addicted to this high space, addicted to this high frequency of life. And then I remembered actually one of the I don't know if that's a good parallel, but I used to be a smoker. And at the time, one of the books I read to stop smoking was Alain Carr, one of the writers that explains how you should quit smoking. And one of the parallel he's doing is that if you want to keep an addiction, it's not so much sometimes that you may have an epiphany, but it's a succession of small elements that come to you that fill a box. And suddenly when the box is full, then you decide to make the change. And this is a bit what happened for me to be able in this transition space. Um, if I start at the very beginning, the first time that I realized I had the box, kind of, and I had this burgeoning, coming back to it, maybe burgeoning concept of at some point in time wanting to come back, was first when I decided to leave the place. And that took place when I was, when I was approximately 16 years old, one night at the, at the dinner table with a family. At 16 years old, this is a time when you discuss with your parents about your, your, your future studies. Where do you want to study? What do you want to study? And therefore, as I'm the Trilene, as the I'm eldest the, in the, the eldest in the family, uh, I was the first one to which the question was asked, do you want to take over the estate? And at the time, seated in the kitchen after having lived for already what, what I consider at the time an eternity from zero to 16 on the estate, I expected nothing else than just to go away. Go away to explore the world, go away to live in other cities, other countries. At the time, I was dreaming also to be a diplomat. I really have had this romantic idea of travels and exploring the world that I really wanted to embrace. So after having given a good reflection, I decided that no, uh, at this time, when I was 16, I told my parents, no, I don't want to, uh, to take over the estate. I want to, to first see around. I first want to understand different things and to have multiple experience in my life. And therefore, this is the, the path that I decided to take at the time. And indeed, I, had, uh, I lived in Eastern Europe, I lived in different parts of France, uh, England, came to Asia, and like anything in life, all of those travels, they bring you things, you learn from all of those travels. And therefore, I started to realize that to rethink a bit my relationship to my parents, to the family uh, history, when I was in Asia, when I was in Asia talking to a friend of mine of the time, it was his birthday. And therefore, what he said is, uh, I asked him, so what did you do today? Ta -ta -ta. The first thing he answered was, oh, I called my parents. Said, what, you called your parents? Yes, I called my parents to thank them. I called my parents to thank them to have put me on earth and to have offered me this life. And I was thinking, yeah, if I call my parents on my birthday is to check if I'm going to have a present or something like that normally. So suddenly <laughs> it really made me rethink also and it opened new ways of reflecting upon what you hold to your parents. So some people may understand that from the beginning, but it took me a bit of travel to suddenly realize that, yes, I want to also have a, at some point in time, a part of life when I still want to, to do things with the family, with the parents, with, to, to have a new relationship in a certain way, formally to the one that when you're a student or, or anything like that. So that was also this type of conversation that made me think, okay, wait, I had this ask when I was 16, I saw the world, I saw, I have now this 
conversation that made me rethink a bit the, the relationship with the family. And also when you talk to people, when you explain that your family is making fine in southern France, you also understand all also in this case the reverse romantic vision of a vine that people have. That all what it brings in terms of the spirit of France, the spirit of an enjoyable life, a spirit of a thoughtful life, and this vision of an estate in southern France. So mixing up all of that, that was a bit the already the box that was nearly full that I had when two last elements pushed me to suddenly decide that I wanted to, I was ready to make the change. One is to say that uh, one time when I was, now I'm living in Amsterdam, happily married to a, to a Dutch guy. And the conversation there was one time we were talking about indeed this type of idea that I was starting to, to nourish, to be able to, to, uh, to come to France. And the idea there and the challenge there was to therefore hear from him that yes, now it's time therefore to, to do it and to be able to put a bit of pragmatism into this dream to kind of collect the dream and to make him come true. And that was going in power when one day working with my brother on the estate, uh, he told me that when I was talking about the estate, I definitely had sparkles in my eyes. So that therefore all of that made me suddenly decide that because of all of these things that I learned when I was traveling and this final push from the husband and the brother, I decided, yes, it's time. And therefore, it's when I decided to, uh, to remove from the former addiction of the high space life to, to taking over the family history. By any chance, is that connected to the clarity that comes with turning 40? It is definitely. It is definitely connected to the clarity that uh, you have when you turn 40 as you mature in life. I know the comparison with an aging wine It's an easy one, but it's a true one. It's to say that at some point in time, you tend to learn and you tend to appreciate different aspects of your life. You tend to appreciate the things which have a different complexity, a different history uh, that are more part of a longer thread. And therefore, what's better than therefore revisiting what a long thread is seven generations of a family sweating on a given land and trying to take the best out of it. So therefore, when you turn those 40 and you take time and pause Look back, look what you have in front of your life when you still have health and capacity to be able to still make your dream come true and not let them in, a, in the side of your mind, that then, therefore, it's a perfect time to, to think. That's beautiful. So can you paint for us a picture, because it's, your days are quite different, I imagine, yeah. from what they used to be and what they are now. Can you paint a picture for us of a day in your life then and now? Like walk us through the highlights of a day in each of your lives. Yes. So formally, in the first part of my life, uh, a day, a typical day will start by five o'clock in the morning, jumping in a cab going to the airport, to go to uh, a conference, a meeting, a gathering with colleagues, other people in the industry to yeah, try to create a long vision, rather abstract vision of an industry that could become more sustainable, let's say. So that's a bit the, the thing that was happening. So including a lot of transportation, including a lot of time in transit, including indeed meeting a lot of exciting person to think along, but all of that in a very de-rooted perspective where everything that you are thinking is definitely high-level concepts, but that lack a bit of touch the ground. While now, a typical day, if I were to make abstraction of the, the current COVID situation that is pushing even more this, this tape forward, will start like when I was um, at the beginning of the quarantine on the vineyard, like that will start first with 
going outside, looking at the vineyards, trying to fill them, trying to see how they've been growing, trying to see if they're growing well, not well, what can be done, trying to reflect about the work that needs to happen. So it's suddenly conversations which are much more concrete, much more starting by uh, reflecting in need of what you see, which are requiring to take uh, much more time in what you are looking at, which are definitely appreciating time in a completely different manner, where now not everything is not about speed and fast and anything like that, where everything is about observation, capacity to just enjoy and understand what you are seeing, and more importantly, to learn. I moved from a moment when what I was doing was more at an expert level to suddenly coming back to some place where you have to learn when you are a novice, when I have to discuss with my mother, who has um, been a pioneer in this organic movement, to be able to hear from her what she has tried, what happened, what worked, what didn't work, to learn everything that she can teach me regarding the how to grow the wine, when you have to learn to move from indeed this expert to a student again, completely humble, where in this case, I'm definitely at the beginning of the journey to really know how to uh, make all of, how to run this estate and how to make all of that happen. So it's definitely a shift in, a shift in time, a dimension of a day, and what are your experiences during one day. Mm, okay. And you, you mentioned, and that's not in the questions there, but they might be interesting to share. You mentioned learning a lot from your mother, working with your brother. Do you want to add a little something about the context of working with your family? Yes. Maybe, so, want, sorry, I'll, I'll keep interrupting you, but maybe you want to put it under the, what is the price that you and, you, and, and, and PM paid to make such a change happen? Or is that not really part of that? We can put in, uh, that's, that's always something which is interesting to share anyway. Thank you for, okay. for, for, uh, for, for bringing that on. Because what you, what you transition off, there is, there is two aspects. So first, I do a step back to say that I mentioned that you have to learn. You have to learn because the entire concept that what we are trying to do here is just to take over uh, a wine estate. It's to take a certain vision of winemaking. So this is where also you have... I was mentioning about learning with, with my mother. What we are doing in the estate is that in the 90s, we already became for a part of the estate organic at a time when it was definitely forward thinking uh, from my mother to be able to do that. And now what we are doing is that in plus of this organic movement, we are moving towards agroforestry. And that means that we are redefining completely. We want, at least so is our ambition, to redefine how we are making wine by really doing something where you will have uh, lines of vines, line of trees and hedges, line of vines, line of tree and hedges, where we redefine the landscape virtually that we have, that our family has given us, to really make sure that we are increasing the life on the soil, under the soil, the biodiversity on the estate, that we can recreate definitely a completely new ecosystem that will ultimately bring also better wines. So we really redefine all of that. That means from this perspective that this is where all of the learning needs to come because these are things that are new, new techniques where you have to learn from permaculture, from other elements and to try to inject that into the way that you are doing winemaking. So suddenly again, you are learning. But therefore to be able to, to, to learn, you have to be able to implement it. And to implement it, that means that you need to, to work around management. And one of the things that we have that, that, I, that I'm learning and that is an interesting difference is that in a private corporation or in anywhere or in an international organization, you are managing things 
in a very structured way. There is a clear hierarchy, there is clear elements, there is clear protocols about how, how do you work with your colleagues. When suddenly you turn into a family and the people that you have to work with and you have to manage is your mother, your brother, your father, it's a complete different system. And this is definitely a system for which there is no guide, for which there is it's very difficult to turn around. There is no the, the A to B, the, the, the B A, the B A B of family management. It's something that is a kind of untouched science in many ways. So this is a big difference also from managing staff to managing and having this business affair with your family that really redefines completely what works mean. Because suddenly works, there is much more emotion, there is much more uh, conversation which are passionate, which we can be fueled by all the family history. So that's a very different, uh, very different concept. Very rich, definitely, definitely very rich. And that's also one of the aspects that I'm sure I will keep learning for the many years to come. Thank you for that, Baptiste. And you were mentioning that you now live or you share your time between your estate, your family estate, and your, your home in Amsterdam where you live with your husband. What is the price that you and Pim, your husband, what is the price that you guys paid to make such a change happen when you decide to change careers completely? It's a, it's a big price. It's a big price. I, I tend to say it's a big investment, but therefore it's really something that needs to be thought, thought of. One of the every year more or less so at every time of your life you define what are your what are your priority what is your priority is your priority to be with your kids with your husband is your priority for yourself is your priority for some external projects or other work that you have to do in this case when you suddenly decide that you want to be able to change and to transition completely from a certain life to another in this case to be able to move progressively towards this winemaking and to to taking over this this family estate you really have to plan things very much very, very long time in advance. That means that for many years, for instance, for the past three years, virtually all of my and our holidays, like the um, uh, summer holidays, were grape picking on the estate and winemaking. This is exciting times. This is always, of course, good family times. But that means that instead of taking two weeks with your, with your husband uh, or your wife or your family on the beach nicely somewhere or in the mountain resting, you work again for two weeks intensively. And that means that virtually all of your rest time is suddenly invested into this first project, for instance, to prepare it, to be able to, to try it, to, make, to be able to make, in this case, some kind of prototypes. So it's already a big, a big investment because not only you don't have this time for the other, but that means you don't have time to rest. And that means that therefore it's also emotionally interesting in the way that it definitely pushes you to really give technically everything. In such a case, depending on what people are dreaming, but if you want to do something which has this element of uh, concreteness, it's definitely also cash intensive. So that means that you have to also rethink your priority financially about what about this renovation of the house that we wanted to do? Maybe we should better wait for it. And first, because now the current priority is this project. So that means that also in terms of what you are doing, there is a period of time of in, that you count in years where your own leisure time, your own weekends, your own holidays, your own extra investments, all of that will go into this project to be able to see it also burgeoning. Because the wine Uh, the way that you're investing in wine is exactly the same way actually that you plant a vine. When you plant a vineyard, uh, you plant a vineyard, you have to work very hard on it for, for years, but it doesn't give you even a single grape. And then when you start to give a grape, it's a baby grape, and it's not yet something that you can completely turn into a wine, or that's something different. But that means that for years, you just work on it 
without expecting anything in return. And when you do such projects, also it's a bit the same. You have to agree that first at the beginning, you will invest a lot. You will not receive anything in return, but it's something that you have to uh, you have to agree. But at the same time, it was it was understood from the beginning. So when we did that, when we talked about it, and we decided yes, this is now currently the priority, and we want to make that definitely our dream also therefore that's um, an investment that we all agreed so therefore after there is no surprise and you know what you expect you know what will be happening and you move forward with it so that's definitely one of the one of the one of the challenges there but the beauty of it is that because it was a family project and because it's such a project also that from friends family from husband from any side there was an immense support to be able to that from my from my in-laws to my to my family everybody completely supportive of this project. I think it's clearly also understood uh, by everybody. So that's also something that really gives you an extra boost of energy to be able to, to do that. So very excited about this. And finally, still today, at least happy of the again, investment in time money that, uh, that this is requiring. That's beautiful. Were there moments of, I think Alexia had in there, were there moments of self-doubt that like all entrepreneurs go through, but I think especially like in their 40s when you've made this change, were there ever mornings when you've woken up on the vineyard, let's say, and you're like, what have I just done? Yes, there is. Because what you do is that the world of wine is definitely a world particularly where you have to live with a different notion of uncertainty. I remember that was two or three years ago with my family. We were having the final meeting to discuss regarding the harvest. We, it was end of August and the conversation was when, when should we start the harvest and what are we doing with the grapes? And, and the moment that we were driving back, boom, big storm, hailstorm, and suddenly you have... You look at the work of an entire year that not only you change your plan, but you know that any day now will mean that the juice of the grape will go away. You had, you had this smell in the, in the countryside of harvest while you didn't harvest, so definitely not something good. So suddenly you realize again that you put yourself at the mercy of weather. And you suddenly include in your life dimension of a certainty that had completely disappeared. When you live this connected life, this computer life of, of things like that, you're, the type of risks you are facing are more or less understood and acceptable. But suddenly here, you're back to a time when something as unpredictable as a weather, a weather storm, a, can destroy an entire year at a certain given time. So this is this type of moment when you think, do I really want to come back to this and to come back to those moments when you are at the mercy of a hailstorm of 10 minutes that can completely destroy everything and you cannot do anything about it. So there is this element, which is, which is of course, bringing you doubt. And then after, there is always like, now we are, for instance, in the COVID crisis, and suddenly you think, wow, all of the restaurants, all of the bars are closed. Many people don't have the, are not drinking as much wine as they used to. So it's much more difficult to sometimes bring also your novelty uh, in such a space. So, so you ask yourself questions and you, 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 you will do so I think, all along the project. But those were elements that made you reflect on your choice, but never did I think I should have never done that. That's the wrong direction. That's actually technically I uh, officially kind of um, took a new direction in the midst of the COVID crisis. But we're thinking, no, it's, it's still the, the, the direction I want because, again, as I was mentioning earlier, it's a process that virtually started 24 years ago at a dinner table in southern France one evening. So it's a project that was definitely matured and I knew what I was stepping in. 
I knew that this would be the case. So of course, sometimes you think, damn it. And then you drink a glass of wine and you forget. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Okay, then I'll I'll do the next one. So, so, Baptiste, come on, tell us then, what is 40 to you then? For me, therefore, uh, 40 is a... It's a time of learning afresh. It's a time when what I was mentioning is that when I was comparing the two days, the time in my 40s now, I'm so happy to see it's a time when I've learned a lot in my first, let's say, 20 years of university time and and work time and all of my expat experience abroad. But therefore, I'm happy to consider that 40 is still a time of learning. It's still a time when I will be learning new and I will be being able to implement that in a very practical way. And it's a time, therefore, of learning, of hope, of new expectation that I'm so happy to consider that is still happening at the 40s. So it's not a time when I'm just thinking about I want to prepare my retirement or whatever. No, it's a time when I'm still excited to have this plan, this ambition, this thing in front, to redefine definitely the winemaking, to, to, to redynamic, to, to put a new dynamic to this family story of making wine. So therefore, it's definitely a, a new start. That's fantastic. So now as we wrap up, if it feels like you have amazing influences, can you name a life-changing book or mentor or someone who changed the way you see the world or expanded your mind that you like to share with the audience? Yeah, definitely. I talked at the beginning, so therefore, when I was wanting to, to live abroad, I had a, a big period of reading all of the classic uh, Russian uh, novels. And at the time, I was dreaming to go work in, in Russia. So finally, I, I ended up in Romania, so kind of halfway. Um, not very Slavic, a bit more Latin, but still a time when indeed I was very much influenced by many, many books and from Russia. And there was one particularly that, that struck me was Oblomov. Obromov virtually depicts the, the life of a, a Russian aristocrat who has inherited a, a beautiful estate in the countryside of Russia and who has also a small flat in the city. And virtually during the entire book, you have this guy which is struggling, which is dreaming while lying on his sofa of what his estate could be, surely implement all of the ideas he has. And and you are with him. You are, as you read the book, you are in his dream. You are in his, you are in his thought. And you, you really think, oh my God, this is such great ideas. The, the, the way that his estate, that his fields, that his park will look like once he implements that, this is so superb. And then you have this moment when you start to make a movement out of the bed and, and no, the call of the pillow is the bigger. And he's set back and he doesn't implement it. And every time I was in the curses of my, of my youth and the beginning of my career, every time I was thinking of the estate, I was thinking of the estate, what it could be, what it could be if we were to push it forward, what it will be if we were to, to carry on down the path that, I, that my mother started. And then I was thinking, I really don't want to be Oblomov. I really don't want to be later an old Oblomov and thinking like, this is what it could have been. Would have I taken the step to be able to implement it? So that's definitely a book that, that resonates, uh, that resonates uh, well with me. And then also there is, if I still have a bit, but a couple of others that really resonate well for me. There was one uh, movie that I always come back to because at the same time, when you, when you think about those type of things, when you want to redefine, when you at your small scale, when you want to rethink just even about your field, that pushes you to project yourself. Every time that you have to rethink about what type of plant you want to, you want to, what type of uh, variety of grape you want to, 
to put on a field, you have to know that what you will be planting will be lasting for the next 30, 40, 50 years. So that requires you to really think about those type of things and to, to protect you in the future. So therefore, everything that is about projection in the future, it's always something that you appreciate. And I remember when I was a, when I was a kid, when I watched for the first time a book that was a, a movie, actually, I watched the movie, which was called Soil Lane Green, uh, which is an anticipation movie from the 70s, which I consider a, a brilliant movie, and that really depicts a world of the future where the world has a, which is all around kind of a food crisis of the world and how the world has been destroyed by climate change, by many of the modifications that we see today. So the moment that you see such a perspective and you think, I don't want definitely the world to be like that in the future, and I definitely want so that at least in my, by my actions, whatever scale they may be, I want to be able to do everything to prevent that. That's also one, 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 one movie that really resonated well in the sense that let's not go there and let's try to do what I can in my scale to prevent the world to move there. So that's the, that's the, the book that, a, a movie also in plus of the Oblomovs or Soil and Green that really resonates well. And the final one, if I can, really close to the, to the grape and to the wine sector more is once you, once you want to see also how you can definitely do your wine differently, one couple that really resonates well with me is Les Bourguignons. It's a couple which was uh, formerly engineers at INRA, INRA, the, the Agronomic Institute of France, which reflected a lot about when we talk about the plant, we tend to forget a lot about the soil. And that developed the entire uh, approach that if you want first to have a beautiful plant, you need to have a nice and healthy soil, which is not just a dead substrate, but there is, in which there is an entire life of worms, of other of bacteria, of so many constituents that will make ultimately your plants happy and, uh, and thriving. So uh, it's definitely also a book and a philosophy and an approach to uh, agriculture and more importantly, virtually an approach of life that you need to make sure first and to take care of your roots so that you can blossom properly. Amazing. I feel like I had a lesson in philosophy right now. Can you tell us where people can find you then if they want to know more about the, the Carrière Pradal wines? Where can they find you? Yes. They can find us on, the, um, on our estate, FR, the link uh, will show. And at the same time, they can find us on the web store, uh, the wine I love, Twill, where our wine are also available. And finally, they can follow us on Instagram at Carriera Pradal also, where they can see a bit of our story unfolding there. Ooh, okay, thank you. And all the links will show on the show notes, of course. So just go there. So for our listeners who are wine lovers, Baptiste has a giveaway where he ensures us you will learn in a very short time more about wines than you imagined. And obviously he'd love to see you drink his wine, tag him on Instagram and come and visit his estate. So I'm going to let Baptiste tell you a little bit about his giveaway. Yes, definitely. So I'm more than happy to share indeed more information about particularly Languedoc wine and so that you can learn better about the type of grapes, about the type of flavors, about all what comes into it. And also more information regarding this new approach to winemaking that you can under, understand better about the life of the soil, about agroforestry, about all of this type of, of approach that you can also better understand what's inside the bottles ultimately. And then more than happy to also add a couple of the uh, books that I have mentioned through the, uh, through the conversation and uh, some other uh, curiosity that I would be more than happy to share. 
Thank you, Baptiste. That's fantastic. Thank you, Baptiste. Is it just me, Marie? Gosh, I could really do with a nice glass of wine right now. I know all this talk mm. about wine and we're oh. like, hmm. And there is my cup of tea sitting in front of me. Baptiste, thank you. It was super inspiring and I cannot wait to go and visit the estate. Really, really. Can people you. visit your, your estate, Baptiste? Is that something that people can do? If they contact us, we are always happy to show them the vineyard if they want to, to go there. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Really, no, really appreciate it. Think?